two, one. Yo, yo, baby. Boom. <laughs> Mr. Black Magic Jimmy himself. Thank you for joining me Who's today. That? Well, that'd be you, mate. It ain't me. No worries, mate. I've got no excuse. I only live five minutes away. True, true. I mean, uh, the internet connection at your end is pretty good as well compared to mine. So, no excuses at all. Yeah. <sighs> and, uh, yeah, Stranger Things, season three. We both watched it. I binged it in a day. I think you watched it in a what, uh, an afternoon and a bit. Two days. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Six episodes in one night and then the last two the next day. And uh, yeah, it was pretty dope. Mate. What was your pretty dope. overall opinion of the show? Uh, I mean, you know, we touched a little bit on it before, before we came on. Um, it's my favourite season so far. It's better than season two by far, which to me, big disappointment, really, because it was quite weak in its story. And it felt unjustified from season one because I was like, they could have stopped it at season one, in all honesty. Uh, yeah, best season so far. And the reasons why I think it is is because it felt like, it felt more like a movie than the others did, like a long 80s horror slash uh, kid movie, I guess you could call it. Mm. You know? different like elements from 80s films all spliced in there like the uh you know we were saying about the russian guy who was obviously based on the terminator uh the back to the future cinema which was like obviously fucking 80s reference um but the strengths for it for me were i thought the acting was really good uh the kids as usual did a good job um all except uh, Mike. Mike yeah. was Eleven's boyfriend, right? Yeah, I think so. I don't really like him. Um, I, I thought he was a bit, bit of a weak character. You know, a bit of a weak male, if you want to say. Um, uh, we're no, we're no a rider. Like I think she picked up her game a bit more this season. Um, who else? The girl that plays, is it Nancy? Yeah. Yeah, she was good. Uh, All-round all good characters. Uh, decent storyline. Not one episode was boring. They didn't do what they did with last season and have that episode where Eleven went to, uh, I think it was California, and met all those other people with superpowers. And that truly was a waste of an hour. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, it had emotional payoff for me, you know. Felt a little bit sad at the end uh, with Eleven crying over her apparent dad's death, although I don't think he's dead. I think he's still alive, and I think they hinted massively over that. Um, you know, I, I don't think they would have killed him off. He's too much of a good character. Um, and that's, that's, the, that's the outline of it. Um, what about yourself? basically yeah so for me uh i agree with all all the points that you made man like season they after season one i was skeptical about season two i was like mm, do they need to like where do they go from here it kind of the story's finished you know 
don't give it to me. And I think we both sat and spoke about it and was like, I don't know what they're going to do with season two. It's not really needed. And then season two kind of yeah. came out. Yeah. And it felt like, I think, like a load of episodes that were kind of scattered a little bit with this underlying story. But it was like where characters were all doing kind of different things. And I don't think it worked as like a cohesive whole. It kind of had like too many little stories going on. Whereas I feel like, like what you yeah, said, yeah. this one is like so linear. Do you know what I mean? With the story, like it starts from day one and it progresses all the way through and the characters are all on the same journey. Yet they're all kind of attacking the main cause from like different angles, you know. You've got the brace, well, yeah. Uh, the curly-haired kid, I can't remember his name, who's a little bit chunky, and Steve, um, kind of attacking it from the mall Dustin. part. That's it, Dustin. Attacking it from the mall. You've got the other kids with Eleven attacking it from that way. You've got the adults attacking it from finding out about the laser gate and all of that. Um, I just think it works really well. Obviously, maybe there's a bit of a political agenda in there at the moment with all this kind of, like, women leading and being the all-powerful things you know with like mike being a bit of a weak character because Eleven's so dominant and like that hopper cop was just like a drunken buffoon realistically who kind of just reminded me of a a guy with two actions you know get drunk and smash and shoot you know there wasn't really that like complex it layer. did feel like it was uh it did feel like it was pandering a little bit yeah. to current uh, social opinions, whatever, woke. <laughs> um, but it also could be um, 80s tropes where a lot of the things that happened in that happened in uh, 80s films. Yeah. You'd have a strong female lead, an idiot male. So I guess it, it could be a mix of both. Yeah, I mean, I've got no issue with it because it was good. It's not like, I hate those films, you know, like when you look at the Ghostbusters and, you know, um, Terminator Genesis or whatever, where they've got these like really strong women leads and the guys are like buffoons, you know, in Ghostbusters you had Chris Hemsworth who was like the absolute comedian and the film was an absolute dive, so everyone criticised it and it's like, oh, but you're criticising it because it's all women. I don't think that's the case, I think it was just a shit film. Whereas this, like, I'm not criticising it because of maybe what they did to the male characters, because I appreciate the story and I thought it was awesome. Like, they did well with it. So the political agenda or whatever, kind of... <laughs> did you just fart? It sounded like you fired so bad. <laughs> no, my mum pushed in the uh, chair. <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah, but I felt like it worked. So I wasn't too bothered. But like I said, I think that Hoff, uh, that Hopper um, character, like in the previous seasons, had like a layer of emotion to him with like his daughter's passing and so forth. Whereas in this season, that kind yeah. of wasn't really touched on as much. He was just kind of a, a buffoon, you know. Still a cool guy. Um, the Russian guy, I liked. I think the the Terminator touch on that was was quality, like the way they played it, and they did it so subtly, but you saw the comparison, do you know what I mean? 
Like it wasn't yeah, yeah, screaming, you know, it wasn't screaming. This is like some Terminator dude, but just with the jacket and the like frizzed hair, you know, that looks like he'd just been like Jack Nicholson off anger management with the electric thing over his head, just bowling it through, like constantly chasing him and that. Um, and I really liked that uh, Billy uh, character as well. I think he played like a good emotional range, you know, like angry and all of that. And I think they pulled it out of the bag. Like they recovered the show after what I felt season two was like a weak season and made me want more and made me look forward to a season four. Whereas after season two, I was like, Ugh, season three, really? You know? Well, I only watched season three because it was out. I had access to it. I, was, I felt like it was worth giving a go. I wasn't excited for it, and then I started watching it, and that's when I was like, oh, pleasantly surprised instead of massively disappointed. Mm. You know, I'm not going to go into it, but you know I'm referring to Game of Twats. You know, but the old, ah, oh, it would just turn out to be a piece of shit. But mm. if they do one more season, I think that'll be enough. Anything past that is just going to be stupid. Mm. Because there's only so much these kids can go through, you know, before they're actually, you know, messed up. Yeah, I mean, you have, um, I think the the Duffer brothers or whatever they're called uh, said about it in an interview and said there is only so much, like, these kids can go through with this creature and this, like, upside-down world that we can justify. And that's why I think your point about the guy managing to get out into uh, and be in Russia gives them the motivation to go there or to to hunt him down and get him back, you know? And I think they need yeah. like, that story because if that thing was, like, in Russia and nothing was there that they needed to go, they'd be like, yeah, fuck it, we'll leave it for the Russian town, do you know what I mean? Like someone else can deal with it or whatever, like or they just would never know about it because it's in some like little military base over there. Um, but like yeah, it's a bit of a shame they didn't touch upon why the Russians were there though and what they was actually trying to achieve. Yeah, I mean, I think um, that was a little bit of the story that maybe we'll find out in season four why they're trying to, you know, keep this thing um, living and trying to access the world and what for i mean you had the theory about the portal um if you want to explain that what with um hopper yeah with jim yeah yeah i just uh i don't think he died in that explosion i think because uh, when it pans out there's a ladder on the left side he either climbed down it I think he went through the portal before it got closed for good and ended up in the Russian world, well, not Russian world, in Russia, through the portal. And uh, now he's a prisoner. I mean, that's just, you know, that's, that's what I think they hinted at. And I think season four is going to be something to do with that. I think they're going to go through the portal into the world, get to Russia and try and rescue him. Mm. You know, that's that's the only way I can see it carrying on. Because uh, he defeated the creature uh, that was after them, after 11. So where else is there to go? 
because uh, that's the same thing that's been following him around since season one. Yeah. Yeah, that makes a good point as well. Like, they have to go through the upside down world to get to Russia, which means they're going to have to open yeah. the portal and face all sorts of shit in there. Do you know what I mean? Like, whatever it is, the dogs and weird looking, fucked up things. Um, I'd just like to say sorry to anyone that's been listening for the last 12 and a half minutes. Um, spoilers, spoilers, and more spoilers. <laughs> because. Fuck it, why not? So yeah, sorry about the spoilers um, if you haven't watched the show, but a kind of hints in the name, Stranger Things 3 review, which would probably let you know that we're talking about the show and everything that happened in it. But imagine if someone had listened and they're like, what? What do you mean? Let's just say it's all, uh, it's all hypothetical. Hmm. Yeah, 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 of Didn't course. Really Didn't really happen. Um, so what's your take on like the Terminator character that they tried to implement and kind of all the 80s throwback stuff? Do you think they overcooked it a little bit or do you think it was used nicely in the film? Because I even think the big thing, monster thing that was chasing them, the mind reader or whatever his bloody name is, kind of reminded me of like Alien as well. Just because of the like facehugger kind of aspect of it. Yeah, it, I mean, the main thing, the big thing reminded me of uh, sort of Cthulhu, Lovecraftian horror. Mm. I think they got their influences from that. Like I said, it looks like something out of Bloodborne, which is Lovecraftian horror. Um, yeah, I think it's like a fine line between overdoing it. Like, we get it, it's the 80s, and they kept showing Coke cans you know, it's obvious product placement. And when the, uh, when Lucas is, is talking about the Coke, and he's like doing it like an advert. Yeah. It's, it's obvious sponsored by Coke. Um, and sort of like, yeah, the mall with all these 80s shops. And I just, I think even if it weren't set in the eighties, it would still be a good show. It's, it's not, it's not a deal breaker for me. It's like, I, I was born in 88. I watched all the films that come out in the 80s. So I could get it, you know. And for, for people that didn't live then or have no idea what it was like, what difference does it make to them? Because you're relying on nostalgia, mm. you know. So for someone with a fresh perspective comes in and watches it, I don't think it's going to change one way or the other because it's just, I mean, you look where they live, apart from the cars, sort of the clothes it, it could still look like today you know so there's a fine line and i think it's a bit too much sometimes but then you forget about it because the story's good and the characters are interesting and that's the thing the characters aren't 80s kids they're more like this generation in an 80s world if that makes sense yeah i mean obviously they have the like childish games and stuff like that you know like dungeons and dragons yeah. and all of that but i do get what you mean they're like mature beyond their time probably because of some of the shit they're yeah they're, they're not like remember like the goonies and i don't know sandlot kids you remember they're just all a bunch of idiots i had no idea how to get out of the trouble they're in mm. whereas these kids like have a brain and it feels like they've moved away from that 80s trope because even though they get into trouble, you know they're going to figure out some 
quite clever method of getting out of it. You know? Yeah, yeah I mean... Uh, Whereas... Their, their music and stuff, like, I felt was a bit overused sometimes. Felt like there was always, like, a little... Oh, what, the, the pop music? Yeah, you know, just, like, all the time, yeah. like, bumping in that, like, 80s pop. Um, yeah. And every now and then I was like, oh... But maybe that's because I binged it. So you notice it more because you're watching it like bam, 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 bam. Whereas if I'd watched it like once a week, I might, I've probably already forgotten about the soundtracks that appeared in the first episode. Uh, now in the second episode, completely different. I mean, you have to ask yourself, how much does the music serve what's going on on the screen? And you've got to think that most of the time it's just in there just to play an 80s song. It's not like to serve the audience or what's going on. Apart from like, you know, when they do the never ending story, that was funny. Mm. You know, like it made sense. But when they're just playing, I don't know, some song over a scene, like where they're in the fields and stuff, it's just like, this is the 80s. If you didn't know already, <laughs> you know, here's another 80s song. It's like, it's like Star Wars. They got a jam. Darth Vader in there, so you know it's Star Wars. It's like, like we get it. Yeah. You know, we don't have to be fed like every five minutes. Oh, this is the eighties. Here's Star Wars. Here's ET. Here's Back to the Future. It's like, are they doing it because they love it so much and they just want to shove it in there, or are they doing it to just like write home again and again? You're watching something that's set in the eighties, but we've already watched two seasons where we already know. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that's that's my only, like, real criticism of the show is that kind of constant reinforcement that we're in the 80s, we're in the 80s, we're in the 80s, we're in the 80s, we're in the 80s. It's like, I get it, but I'm like, if I forgot about it, maybe the show would lose some of its oomph, like, which sounds weird, but it's like, I think it all creates, like the atmosphere and the vibe and the time and everything but then i guess i don't need like a soundtrack over them being in the mall like i can quite clearly see from the mall that it's that 80s kind of vibe with the hair and shit i don't then need like yeah. a track every two minutes to then like remind me so maybe it is like a bit suffocating with that that that's just my take yeah yeah i i don't mean like a character gets in the car turns the radio on there's an 80s song because that's obvious. I just mean there's scenes where they play a song over it. It's kind of like, you know, like Suicide Squad, where they jam a Queen song in there or something. Mm. It's like like a pop reference. And so I don't need to be reminded constantly that you're oversaturating it. Like the environment's 80s, the clothes are 80s, the cars are 80s, the hairstyles are 80s. Like, you don't need to shove a pop song in there every five minutes. And the first two episodes were like the most guilty of that because nothing much was going on. So it felt like they were filling these scenes with like classic 80s scenes or classic 80s music, you know, and it was less time off the characters and more on the scenery. Yeah. That, that's, just a, that's just like a tiny niggle. It's, it's not a deal breaker. I wouldn't be like, yeah, don't watch it because it's full of the 80s. It's not a bad thing. It just, I find it kind of, you've got to respect your viewers and maybe, 
your viewers' intelligence and rather than shoving it down their throat, let them work it out. Yeah. What did you think about the guy that was clearly placed in there to to look like Arnie and the fact that the um, guy that Jim Hopper beats up, the mayor, like, what is that? What's his name? He's like, I don't fucking know, Arnold Schwarzenegger or something. <laughs> and then you see him and he's yeah. like, got the Arnie look a little bit, you know. But not necessarily facially, it's his like, um, not like persona, but almost, um, you know, like the way he Mannerisms. Tells, yeah, that's it. The whole mannerisms are just like Arnie from the very first The Terminator. The way he like turns and like moves and stuff. It's just like, um, you know, where he's in the, the petrol station and the cops are outside. And I was I wanted him to be like, which one will it be? Oh, do you know what I mean? He just like pulls his head down. And yeah. Says, Don't look at them. Look at me. I think it's like eighty percent Terminator and twenty percent Russian, because you remember like Rocky Four, how Dolph Lundgren was. He was like a machine, you know, yeah. big old jaw, spiky hair, just stood there, didn't say much. So I think it's like a combination of the two. Yeah. And I think they thought the Russian would be the perfect guy to like shoehorn in this Terminator uh, similarity. So yeah, I think it's mostly that little bit of the old stereotypical Russian 80s thing, like the, the Cold War stuff and all that. Why do you think, um, just kind of going off on a tangent, that the Terminator film was such a kind of classic you know the the first one. Yeah, they could have used like any any sort of films in there or whatever. They had like a pick of a bunch, and yet they've gone with like that Arnold sort of Terminator vibe. I just wondered why like it's kind of ranked so much for that that era. Well, I mean, it's obviously one of my favourite sci-fi films, if not in my top ten. That and number two, but the first one was great for me because. It had a dark, gritty uh, atmosphere to it, like a, the correct terms, like film noir, where it's like a very dark film. It's mostly filmed at night. Um, it's very stylish for its time. Even though it was a B-movie, um, it had like this atmosphere to it. And, you know, like all the special effects, they were like made out of tiny little models and miniatures and everything you see was sort of like made by hand and it still looks better than some of the shit they're churning out now. And the element as well that made it great, it was like more like a horror than a action film. Mm -hmm. Whereas Arnie was a bad guy. He was, he was like, uh, you know, Halloween, like a slasher killer, just going around murdering these women. No one knows why. Um, then he then he finds this woman Sarah Connor, and she has no clue why he's after her. He just is, and he won't stop. And that's the the vibe throughout the film. It's just like one long chase film. Once it starts to get going, and yeah, it's it, uh, it's one of those films. I can't think of anything bad about it, you know. And it also perfect role for Arnie because he didn't have to say much. Yeah, it just. Give me our dress there. <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. And it was, uh, I don't know, it stood the test of time for me. I've liked it since I was a kid. Um, it's not a very long film. It's like an hour and a half. It goes by just like that as well. 
obviously follows on with number two, which is obviously not 80s. It's very 90s, but I think Stranger Things wished it could be as good as The Terminator, but it wouldn't. Mm. Um, but yourself, you got any thoughts or opinions on it? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I was waiting for you to, uh, to just slowly pull up the Blu-ray copy and be like, and just to let everyone know, uh, if you type in Portables28915 on Amazon, you can actually get a 20% discount on the 4K copy. <laughs> you know. Oh, I wish, mate. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, for me, mate, I agree. Like, I watched the film years and years ago, and then we obviously started hanging around together, and I hadn't watched it for ages. Um, and he was like, watch it again, mate, watch it again. So I did. And I think yeah. Carl Reese kind of sums up everything that film's about with the Terminator and the vibe you get, which is that, you know, he can't be reasoned with, he can't be bargained with, and he will not stop until you're dead. And it's kind of that line for me. Those lines for me are like symbolic of the whole film because you realise he can't be stopped. He doesn't give a fuck. He's just killing everyone. Like, you could send the army in. It ain't going to stop him. There's, there's nothing that can do it. And then he obviously just gets crushed in the end. But um, And then Sarah Connor, you know, strong lead woman, worked really well. Um, not strong, like obviously, you know, in, in the sense of her acting, she's strong. But in the film, she's more timid and, you know, unaware of her situation and her responsibility in the future of things to come. But I think her acting is strong and I think probably carries the film a little bit. Uh, just because I think the film centred around her so obviously she has to deliver and if she didn't deliver the film I think would probably slip down a little bit for me but that's just my take on it you know I don't think I think I rate Arnie as the Terminator but Arnie as the Terminator bopping around chasing after someone who doesn't believe uh, someone you don't believe is actually intimidated and actually threatened by the situation is only going to lead to a shit film in my opinion so I think she delivers well on everything she had to do um, for, for that yeah yeah I agree I also think Carl uh, Reese played by uh, Michael Bean did a really good job with that character as well he, he was convincing as this sort of uh, guy that grew up in a war who was constantly living on the edge you know didn't know how to lead a normal life mm. and was pretty much there to protect her, even if he got killed, which he did. You know, he. Um, uh, he I think it, yeah, it was a very good film. He, that that film for him just reminds me of like one big fucking anxiety attack. You know, <laughs> you you think pretty you, much you think you're calm and composed, and you're just waiting for something else to happen, and then it happens, and you have it, and you're like, oh shit. And then you react, and then you go calm again, but you know something's around the corner, and then bam, it comes back. And it just, you know... Just yeah, Kyle. Kyle, PTSD, race, mate. Exactly. And so, yeah, he definitely you know? um, he definitely does well on delivering um, the... I've got to say, one, one little problem I have with it is Kyle Reese. You never see him wash when he first gets into LA from uh, the future, he nicks a tramp's pants and 
You never see him wash. He nicks brand new trainers, but he nicks a tramp's trousers, right? And then he rescues Sarah. And then they end up having sex the next night and he still hasn't washed. So James Cameron must know women, mate. He <laughs> must have it down. Yeah. You know? Either that or they just didn't wash in the future because they were always in the uh, in the war zone. But I swear he, he's sitting there with his top off or is that when he's just on the bed after being chased in the trash? That's where he's just nattering. Yeah. That's when he's nattering. But he does wash after they've had sex. So... Sarah Connor was down for some kinky shit, mate. Yeah, I'm a bit... Um, I'm just checking out my stream for anyone that's watching while I keep looking away. It's because uh saying I've got some dropped frames, apparently. So I'm hoping that the stream and the video is going to be fine, but, you know, um, and my scene switch has just died as well. Well, um, I do occasionally keep getting a message saying poor connection, but my... I did a speed test before I come on and went and it's fine. Yeah. So I don't know what's going on. <clears throat> no, it's probably on my end, mate. I'm sure it'll be fine. Um, overall, like I said, it says 12 dropped frames detected. Uh, doesn't seem like a big deal unless my little brother or someone's gone downstairs and tampered with the internet. So it don't matter. But yeah, um, Terminator overall, the Terminator film, I think is up there. As one of the uh, sort of iconic 80s movies for all of those reasons you know everything I can't really floor it delivers and so forth and that's why maybe Stranger Things thought we can just give it a little subtle nod you know we'll create our own sort of Terminator guy he's Russian and that's cool yeah I think the biggest nod as well I didn't mention it is probably Aliens uh you know, number two, James Cameron film. Definitely got the Aliens vibe, especially when they find the uh, the Russian base and it's got those long metal corridors. It just just gave that vibe with Aliens to me. Yeah, like, like some... you said, with the no, go on, mate. with the uh, creatures, like face huggers. Yeah, I mean, um, I was like thinking when they were walking down there, she was like, "What's this cage for?" It was like a nine foot cage or whatever, and then she had the like bzz, bzz thing, and I was like, yeah. "Hmm, maybe they're going to be walking down the corridor, and just one of these things is going to be like, hello, and just start fucking chasing them." Do you know what I mean? It's like got out on the escape, and then like you're like, "Oh shit, where are they going to run?" And there's all these corridors, and everything's kicking off, and you're like feeling the intensity, but obviously it didn't happen, and I assume that that scene was kind of planted in there for then the post-credits scene of the thing that comes out and just eats the man. Um, it's, it's... Oh, that violent. flower thing. Yeah, it reminds me of the, like, clickers from uh, The Last of Us, you know? All weird. Oh, yeah, they do look like that. Um, yeah. <clears throat> but, yeah, overall, I think uh, it was one of one of the... Uh, it's, I look... Not look forward to it. Game of Thrones failed me miserably and luckily Stranger Things come out and kind of lifted my mood because if Stranger Things had flopped as well I would have probably been like TV shows doomed I'm going back to The Sopranos and stuff again which I'm going through anyways but do you know what I mean? The classics Yeah, yeah I mean Game of Thrones like we know we were both 
like this show is dead to me. Then Chernobyl came out straight after and it kind of reminded me about good TV, but it was so depressing that I had this like aversion to not watch it, even though I did. It was so grim, mm. you know, so it was a good show. But it was not something I'd ever watch again. But I think I would watch Stranger Things again at some point, just have a little marathon of it, pick up on some details I missed. Yeah, I mean, um, shit, what was it? I was touching on a point beforehand with the show, the violence in it. It's not like a child's thing as well, even though it feels like a child's show. It's like, it's not. Yeah. Because it's, it's pretty, like, brutal. You know, like, even seeing him turn to yeah. sludge, all the people that are just, like, walking down possessed, they just turn to sludge on the floor, and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Do you know what I mean? All the bone marrow and that. And then, yeah. like, the stabbing yeah, the dude. Yeah, it was quite sick, then. Stabbing the dude with the scissors in, um, in the hospital, you know, like... And whacking the other guy over the head with the fire hydrant and shit. And I'm like, mate, and they look like zombies, you know? I'm like, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> I just think uh, that they nailed the violence and kind of reminds me of like a comic book sometimes, you know? Like when it had the big creature on top of the mall looking down into the car park and they're kind of like looking up. Reminds me of like an artist like writing yeah. it in a comic book with a little square and it's like, and then the kids ran inside. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, you kind of almost expected a superhero to turn up. Obviously, Eleven's the one with the superpowers, so... Yeah, I mean... You know, when, she was asked to intervene. When her leg was getting fucking fingered by that geezer, he's trying to get that thing out. Yeah. And you're seeing him, like, moving yeah. left to right, I was like, oh, mate, like... Nah, I would not be having that. Like, just let that thing munch on me. I don't even care. And uh, I liked. Yeah, yeah, she. Uh, <clears throat> I liked. Uh, I, I touched on it earlier. I liked that Billy's character arc as well, you know. How he kind of got his piece uh, with Eleven, reminding him of his mother on the beach. And then he kind of sacrificed himself. Um, and I just thought that was cool. Bit of a shame he died. Yeah. Would have been interesting to see him after that. Yeah, after that, those yeah, events. Like a changed man. That's kind of what I was expecting. Like, he'd be a bit more... Because obviously in season two, he's like a stress-headed dick and that, you know, with an attitude. And then yeah. this, he's like chauvinist or whatever you want to call it, you know, with the women and shit, just for that split scene at the beginning. And I did kind of want to see him redeem... He redeemed himself, but kind of go full circle and at the end you see him kind of being a bit more nicer to his sister and to the friends but I guess they kind of had that with Steve in, in the other seasons you know he was like the jerk in the season one and then yeah I think maybe they chose to have Billy like dies because what he'd been through he would have been too fucked up anyway afterwards the yeah. things he did yeah that's true you know, the murdering or... and stuff like that yeah, even though obviously it wasn't him, he was still aware aware of him doing it. Yeah, yeah, because he has that moment in the sauna where he's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You know, he's like broken. And then yeah. he just goes absolutely mental, like breaks out of that thing. Just really good range. Yeah. Um, as well as Eleven, her 
her role was really good, you know. I think she acted really well and I think she's kind of the core of the show and kind of holds everyone else together. Uh, yeah. The glue, you know, the glue of it all, which she's meant to be, obviously. The story's written kind of around her and about her. It all stems from her. But I just think yeah. overall her character development's been really cool, seeing her sort of mature and so forth. Uh, yeah, I agree, especially as she was like a mute, some kid that was from a lab that had been experimented on since she was born, you know, so she really come out of herself in this season. But uh, yeah, she's definitely the best character. Um, I think Dustin's hilarious. Uh, Erica was pretty funny. I thought she was a bit too much at times, though. Yeah. A bit too, bit too comical, you know. Um, Steve, Steve is funny. Mm. Uh, shame he didn't get with a bird at the end because I thought I would have made a good couple, but you know, politics. That's <laughs> She's not straight card. Whatever. Maybe she took. Um, yeah, I think anyone would after they went through that. <laughs> or if you were straight, it'd make you turn gay. I don't know. So, um, Sean. Let's do this Red Letter Media style. Would you recommend Stranger Things 3? Yes. Yeah, I would. Uh, I'd recommend it if you've got a sense of humour and you're not too in love with your 80s films because then otherwise you'll just be seeing that when you watch it. Mm. Rather than that, yeah. Interesting. And Jay's going to say no, yeah? Just, just to counteract the point. Well, you know, that's, Shit, my, mate. that's, that's my job in it. So, uh, no, I would not recommend this uh, season to anyone because I just want to watch it to myself. So, if you're like me and you love TV shows and good humour, um, I think the CGI was good and I think it was fun, entertaining to watch and just overall a good laugh if you like all of that stuff then uh yeah don't watch it because this season definitely delivers on that but i'm gonna say it doesn't just because why not <laughs> i can say what i want yeah, just my full, full disclosure full disclosure i'm not a uh, representative of netflix or an affiliate i'm just uh, giving my opinion <laughs> but you are um you are a representative of the Terminator franchise uh, and James Cameron PLC Limited. <laughs> oh yeah, James Cameron's my dad. Oh shit, mate! I'll be round in a minute. Still for waiting that on money. that money, <laughs> Jim Still Cameron. Waiting on that money, mate. Yeah, but no. Overall, yeah, we would both recommend Stranger Things um, to anyone that's listening. Hopefully, the reviews um, kind of given you an insight into what it's about, and obviously the spoilers have spoiled it, but. I don't necessarily think the spoilers are that big a deal because I think even if I knew the ending and how it all panned out and what the characters were about, it's still worth the watch. Yeah, but I mean, Netflix released the whole season, don't they? So someone's watching it. They've got no excuse. It's yeah. all out there for everyone to see. We ain't got no insider knowledge. Oh, mate, I don't know about that. I'm on Netflix's payroll. Oh, mate. yeah. <laughs> you watched it a few months ago, didn't you? 
<laughs> yeah, I'm bang on it, mate. Pre-production. Right. Sorry. I uh, appreciate you coming on, brother. Um, let's wrap this up. Sweet, mate.